Hello and welcome to the Knowledge Podcast, the the podcast where three absolute Neanderthals try and educate you, basically. So, I'm here, as always, with my two Neanderthal brethren, Rudy and Jack. Say hello, each of you. Yeah, hello. You hello. I hope people care. Is everyone alive? Yes. Perfect. Actually, though, we are. I'm also chunky. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, right. <laughs> let's ignore that. That's okay. been stuck in our heads all day. Yeah, let's ignore that. Please <laughs> ignore our memory. We're, we literally, we're literally less than 40 seconds in and we're already off topic. Riley, what are we doing this week? Okay, so this week we are looking at the topic of criminology. Woo! Rudy, a bit more enthusiasm from me, please. Thank you. <laughs> Criminals, yeah, go. Yes. My favourite. So what we are looking at specifically today in the world of criminology is we are looking at what exactly makes them, well, crazy. What exactly makes them do what they do. But I, w- I wouldn't say they're crazy. Some of them are. Some, some of them are. Not all. Some of them are role models. Some of them are, you know, just just mental. But before we hop into model. that, before we hop into all that stuff, I just want to ask, how have your week been, guys? <laughs> how, how have you been? Been pretty good, yeah. I mean, I went to Nether State on the weekend, which if you follow our Instagram, you'll see. Did a lot of really interesting rewilding stuff. Put up some like uh, insect traps, made a moth trap out of an old marquee and some bits of bamboo. Um, tied it down with string and tent pegs and stuff. It was quite fun. Uh, did some stuff where we looked at working with birds and with the large mammals and everything like that. So it was pretty fun. What about you, Rudy? Uh, what I've been doing this week is uh, basically nothing. I've stared at my book. That I have considered reading, but I haven't been able to read them because uh, I I am that lazy. He's also dyslexic. It doesn't help. Dyslexia doesn't help, but it doesn't mean you can't read. No. It is not I am incapable of reading. It is that it's just slightly harder. Okay, so Riley, how was your week? I did absolutely nothing, really. I sat on my fat arse and cried. That's pretty good. That sounds really fun. Um, I also made some YouTube videos, but that was about it. Nice, nice. Me and Rudy sparred this morning, you know, did the old kickboxing. It was pretty fun. Did you cheap kill shots. each other? No. What do you mean cheat shots? Cheap shots. That's a lie. Who wants to introduce what they researched? You know what? Um I'm the I'm technically the expert in this topic, but I'm actually more interested in what you guys research first. Uh, I thought you were gonna do the modest thing and say, oh, I'm someone that is more knowledgeable in this topic. maybe I should go first. No, you go first. Me. Go on then, Rudy. You go first. Lead the way. Oh. I'm actually just more interested in what you guys actually found out. Let me pull over my notes and have a little look, shall we? So the two things that I had a little look at were um, family conditions and uh, deprivation. Yeah. This, this, this is, is like the things that yeah, make people go insane. Yeah, so That's again, we looked at. just to like, confirm what we're looking at is some of the reasons why people might turn to criminal activity. Yeah, we had two reasons each, and or each like, kind of looked at a case study, so that's yeah. what we're going to be I basically today. just found like the, the ten main reasons and then picked the most interesting six, and obviously ones that won't like offend or make anyone go... <laughs> yeah, because we know how it is today, so anyway, lead the way, really, lead the way. Actually, before we go straight into it, would you like to discuss the structure of this? Sir? The structure? Yes, what, structure. what we have actually researched oh, and how yeah, we're sure, going to present yeah. it. So... Well, the structure of this is we have basically each looked at two reasons as to why someone may turn to crime. Yeah, so two reasons each. And then also we looked at a case study each to do with one of those reasons that we researched. So we're going to be bringing you a, a story. Well, it's not really a story. It's facts of what had happened to a certain individuals. Yeah, so, so I'll, I'll take it away. Um, go ahead, Rudy. Let's listen to what you have to say. So the first one I start with was family conditions. So... The stereotype for criminals is that families that have uh, like bad mentoring almost. Mm-hmm. Not exactly bad mentoring, but like lack of empathy. Uh, um, role models like parents have left, and the kid has had to uh, like take up that position. So bad or no parenting? Yeah. It's, n- it's not always bad parenting, though. Okay. Because uh, influence doesn't just come from the parents. It comes from like outside influence, their environment. So you, this friend you make, let's say you made a friend that's in a gang, you are of likelihood going to be inclined towards that sort of lifestyle because your friend lives it, because that is something that you know. 
one thing I want to say that links into that as well is one of the biggest like kind of debates as or like theories as to why someone would turn to crime is the nature versus nurture theory. Have you guys heard of that? Nature yeah, versus oh, of nurture. course we've heard of nature versus nurture. <laughs> My mum goes on about that all the time. <laughs> yeah. So that it was a big in. topic in the nineties, mm-hmm. if I remember. Yeah, nature versus nurture. That's easily one of the most like famous theories i'd say as to why people tend to crime yeah and it doesn't just apply to crime either it applies to like all things so my uh i grew up very differently from my half sister and yet we still share extremely similar traits even though we were brought up in extremely different ways by different people so and that kind of comes from the nature rather than the nurture so it's it's really interesting to see the kind of differences between us they're very minimal it's it's a good example it is is still good yeah it's still good yeah it is still a good example okay so Hop into it, really. Hop in. Oh, just to talk about a fact that I found that apparently wasn't a case. but It's not a case. <laughs> it really isn't. <laughs> in Harvard Law School, a husband and wife did a study, well, they gathered statistics on uh, um, the Boston area. And it, they were looking at how many boys that were sent by a court for, for a reformatory had fathers who had been arrested, and 45% of them had mothers that were arrested. So that shows, like, how, uh, what the parent is does and what how it influences the children. Have you, mm. any of you heard of, like, following in your father's footsteps? Yeah, of, of course, yeah. yeah, yeah that is course. usually applied to, like, jobs, but it also could be applied here. But, of course, it, it isn't always 100% of the time. So someone, but someone who has a criminal kind of family, criminal background, like family background, is going to be more likely to be influenced by that and become a criminal? Is that what you're saying? M- more likely. Mm-hmm. Less yes. likely, like more likely than someone who hasn't got a criminal family. Yeah, and because uh, it's all up in the how they're brought, brought up. Yep. Mm. But other than that, I am now going to go on to my case. Ooh. Which is by the nypost.com is uh, the the Boglers, Booglers. Is that a family name? Yeah, that's a family name. Okay, I'm I am sorry if I've mispronounced it. Boglers. It's a strange name to be I fair. Boglers. Sh- Boglers. The Boglers. <laughs> <laughs> Boglers. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Boggles. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. It's like it's like goggles, but not quite. The goggles. The Boglers. It's, it's <laughs> probably not the strangest. Uh, name out there. I don't know, it's pretty strange. No, that is a very strange name, though. It's pretty weird. Have you ever heard someone called the Bogglers? The Bogglers. Oh, look, look, there's Mr. and Mrs. Boggler just taking a walk down the road. I feel like it should be pronounced with, like, a fat feeling to it, like, Bogglers. (laughs) (laughs) Bogglers. Bogglers. Oh, look, there's Mr. and Mrs. (laughs) Boggler. What? (laughs) But this, uh, this case goes on to show the, um, how pair parenting can affect a family mm-hmm. because the Boglers they went on for four generations of crime so it was a, a crime family wow and uh, apparently according to the nypost.com their dad uh, at the time um, Roster mm-hmm. Roster Bogler Roster Bogler rewarded crime like how you would uh, reward your child if they got straight A's in a class. Jesus Christ. And just a bunch of nutcases, basically. It, it, it was bred into the family, almost. Yeah, bred in and also what like... the first name is Roster? It's like pushed into the family more than bred in, because it's like, mm, yes, you want to commit crime, have some candy. Mm. <laughs> oh, good, idea. Apparently, good idea. Apparently, for Christmas, for his uh, child, um, Bobby Bogler, Bobby Bogler. <laughs> <laughs> what are his name? Roster Bogler and Bobby Bogler. That 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 is his name. Oh damn. But apparently no, kid Bobby Bogler. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. But alright, back to it. But apparently there was one present underneath uh, the Christmas tree and it was a wrench. Oh god. A wrench. <laughs> so either he wanted to be a mechanic or he wanted to assault someone. Which one? Um neither, actually. Bobby Bogler magical wrench. <laughs> and it was enough for the son to get the hint. And I believe uh, from what I saw was uh, the son then uh, took that wrench and robbed a uh, store for soda. With a wrench? Yes. This is in oh, America. This is in America, so I'm going to use American terms. Soda. Soda. Fizzy drink in the UK. Soda. Bobby Bogler well, I'm also the call it pop. magical wrench. I say... 
so many different ways you can call it. It's so dumb. I don't get it. Why don't everyone just say the same thing? It would make life easier, wouldn't yeah, it? Why don't everyone just speak English? Yeah, we're so ignorant. We just want everyone to speak like us. We don't have to learn anything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but the the bogglers. <laughs> oh, is this, this is what's gonna happen. That's what's gonna happen whenever I speak. The okay. Bogglers. It's funny because sometimes people are talking at the bog, don't you? <laughs> the bogglers oh. of the bog. That's just running the crime family sitting on the toilet. All right. The bog bogglers. So. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. Excuse us. We're so stupid. Carry <laughs> on. <really. laughs> sorry. Oh god. So, as I was saying, the Boglers' ancestors were moonshiners and uh, caravan workers involved. What is a moonshiner? I, I, I actually am not sure. Okay, give me a sec. I'll look up. Carry on. But they were involved in hundreds of felonies covering just about everything. Murder, burglary, insurance fraud, stuff like that. Jesus. They, they basically did everything almost. So the Bogglers were not a family you wanted to screw with? No. Okay, so a moonshiner is someone that just kind of smuggles liquor and alcohol. There you go. Sorry, Karen. It's been thought that the root of crime, though, as we were saying, came from parent neglect, like just not taking care of your child, Mm -hmm. and all that. Right, if Bobby Boggler was your dad, you're yeah. probably not going to be looked like after. Yeah. Right? And in the case of the Bogglers, every time you committed a crime, they were like, oh, have a Kit Kat. And Bobby right. Boggler. They oh. bought them a £10 PlayStation voucher but, every time they did a crime. <laughs> but, don't, don't laugh at this one too. Oh, Someone no. called Butterfield found after extensive research. Okay. Sorry, for a sec, I was concerned it was going to okay. be Butterfield okay, okay, Boggler, okay. and I was about to lose my Butterfield mind. Butterfield Boggler. I was about that, to lose that my the mind. the idea. Of uh, it being criminal turned to crime is because of parent neglect. Was uh, the complete opposite for the Bogglers. They were actually a very loving family. That's after interviewing um, the Bogglers that were in prison. They were a very okay, loving right. Family. So I, yeah. I kind of get his point that they were a loving family, but at the same time they encouraged crime, so it mm-hmm. still comes from the family. Yeah. Hmm. So. Yeah. So at the end of the day, you can love your child all you want, but like if you're encouraging their misdeeds, yeah, you're encouraging you're gonna... encouraging the crime. That's why they were so, so it's still hard. Family. So it's still family related, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. That was so hard for them to like. What's the word? It's uh, re- not repent. To change their ways. Hmm. Yeah, because like you said, like they've been going for like four generations or something. Say like four like generations, generations, yeah. yeah. Like ironed into them at that point. It's like in mm-hmm. in today's world. Like if I went home and was like, "Mother, mother, I robbed my local liquor store," she'd like rip the fridge off the wall and start beating me with it until I was like a bucket of red paint. If you're in the Bogler family, you probably have a red paint. Instead, they they open the fridge and they give you something out of it instead of beating you with the fridge. Yeah, they literally put out. You'll be rewarded. Chocolate wrench and give it to their son Bobby. Chocolate wrench. <laughs> Big Bobby Bogler. Bobby Bogler and the Bobby story Bogler. of the magical chocolate wrench. Lovely. Bobby Bogler and the wrath of the wrench. <laughs> <laughs> it's so satisfying to say Bobby Bogler. I know. When I was researching, I was like, oh, Bobby just, just add a fat feeling to it. Just Bobby Bogler. It's just some Bobby <laughs> Bogler. He just steps out of his house. It's See, just some fat, obese man. Like, dun, 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 dun. About to go on to my next uh, thing. Yes, your, your next Which is uh, deprivation. Stop. We'll come back to you in a minute. Oh. Oh. Suspense. Oh. Oh. Oh, oh no, it's Bobby Bogler coming. I'm going to put no, in a suspense. surprise surprise segment. Don't expect you guys to have anything. I found this crazy news article in the week. Oh. And it just was so ridiculous and it seemed so untrue and so unlikely that I just, I had to talk about it. Oh, yes. So they were in, I believe it was the Amazon rainforest and they found a 36 foot long whale. Huh? It, was, it was in Brazil's remote jungle. There you go. Uh, and they found it because they were scavenging vultures that were like screeching and it like alerted people. Was this was this inland? Yes. Yeah. 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 How far inland? Uh, ten miles. Ten so miles. Ten miles inland. So the, basically, a the whale. Amazon rainforest uh, contains a now a decaying whale, um, and it's too big for them to actually move. It's a it's a ten ton humpback whale. So ten tons. It can't just like drift there in the wind. Ten ton. I must say drift there in the wind. But the, the theory is that it was washed ashore during a storm. During a storm, it was washed ashore during a tsunami. Yeah. Oh, hold on one sec. One page says it's 
Oh, it's ten ton. Okay, sorry, I'm getting confused. But yeah, it's just so ridiculous. I can't help it. But like, say that. That was. It's just crazy. I would also like to say that last week we said that we would find out about why climate change leads to poverty, and because we weren't sure, we had absolutely no idea. I did a bit of digging in the week, and I found out that it's basically because people that are already poor are more likely to be kind of affected worse by the changing weather and climates because it's more likely to destroy their, their harvests and their homes because they're more vulnerable, more fragile. But that that's just that from last week, in case anyone was wondering still. So I was wondering, Riley, if you would like to give us perhaps one of your reasons and your case next. One of the reasons I looked at, uh, I actually looked at two like the other two, I looked at unfair judicial, however the frick judicial. you say that, judicial. Thank you. Uh, systems, and I also looked at society. So the one I'm going to talk to you about now is basically the unfair system. So basically, <clears throat> the unfair system is it, it's, it, it's what it says on the tin, literally, it's, it's in the word, when the system does something that doesn't really seem fair or like... What, what is the system? Basically, like, judges and, like, the law in general. Uh, and I, I assume that also perhaps means sometimes sentences are unfair, like the length and stuff, maybe? Yeah. Okay. And um, actually, my case, which I'm going to lead into this, which I think is a great example of an unfair system, um, there was this girl called Lavinia Woodward. Have, have either of you heard about this case? No. no. So basically, Lavinia Woodward, she was, I can't remember how old she was, but she was a young university student i think like harvard and everything she was very academically smart but yes out of the blue she stabbed her boyfriend just like i think during an argument and i just want to say the boyfriend did nothing to like he didn't attack her it wasn't in self-defense wasn't anything like that she just like whipped out a knife and went so completely unprovoked just unprovoked just stabbed him and then when the court case was going on the judge basically said they came to the agreement that she was too smart to go to prison. Like, she had a bright future ahead of, ahead of her, and they didn't want to, like, ruin that. So she got let off with, I don't even think, a punishment. She, like, I know she didn't go to prison, and I think at most she might have got on, like, house arrest. So just because she was intelligent and went to a good university, they were like, oh, yeah, you're not guilty. Hmm, it's yeah. fine. Let's just unleash a, like, a nut, nutcase into our world that's liable to stab someone just for fun. Because yeah. why not, you know? Basically, yeah. That's, That's why you study in school, kids, and get good grades. She did have good grades, and she decided to stab her boyfriend. Yeah. I can't remember. I think it was because they were arguing, so she might have been, like, provoked by something the boyfriend said, but, like... Mo- provo- emotionally provoked. Like, I what think, provokes the you enough to grab a knife and go, like, yeah, stab, 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 stab? Well, like emotions getting, are a difficult topic. They are, but if you're getting wound up by your boyfriend, someone that you're meant to love and care about... Then you don't whip out a knife and just decide to stab him, do you? Like, come on. He's my god, I said something that's well, pretty horrific. There were loads of, like, rumours, well, not rumours, but loads of theories going around as well that because she was, like, young and a female, they might have also looked at that as well. Of course, these are rumours. Because, yeah, obviously these are rumours, but... But it's still potential, and that's yeah, the, this is the unfair judicial thing. There are it? as well, there's actually been quite a lot of things like that where people especially women that are like young and like beautiful and stuff have been let off with half with like lesser sentences so it's not a standalone case no there's way more like they're out there right way okay like that out that's there, I mean. really interesting so i suppose the judges are kind of easier on them because they're potentially attracted to them or something and that that's messed up yeah but yeah i thought that was a perfect example of an unfair system because yeah what lunatic stabs their boyfriend like even if they were arguing and she was um, and she was angry at him what could he have said that encouraged a stabbing? In my yeah, opinion? you've got to really, really piss someone off to have that happen. And even if you're really pissed off, you don't stab someone. Like, no, come on. It's a, it's not right. No, it's uh, like... You don't you, need us to tell you that. Yeah, it's like no. You could say all you want, like, oh, I didn't know what I was doing. I'm sorry, but any reason like that is bullcrap. Yeah. Say. You Completely knew exactly rubbish. what you were doing when you grabbed that knife. I was say when you when you like grab a weapon then plunge it into someone. You know what you're doing. I say you you know what you're doing. But yeah. You could say it was adrenaline, but oh, oh, it, from the sounds of this case, it doesn't sound like she was in a threatening situation. No, nah, an she argument really wasn't. maybe. Yeah, I think like I said, I can't remember the exact specifics, and I will try to get them. Like, as soon as I possibly can, maybe, like, next week, really quickly talk yeah, about Yeah, yeah, we'll the, cover it next week. But that's a prime example of the unfair system. So, can you, can you just say again what actually happened to her? Describe again what ha- what they did. Okay. 
So what happened? Um, Charge run through the whole thing again. No, no, not the whole thing. Not so whole we thing. we know that she was angry yeah. and she stabbed her so boyfriend. What sentence did she get? Sh- no sentence. Mm. No sentence. N- no prison. No nothing. She basically got let off scot free because she was like deemed too academically smart. No fines. No fines. No. <sighs> no nothing. For me, that is a prime example of the unfair system. Yeah, that's pretty. That's mm-hmm. pretty messed up to be honest. So, Jack, would you like to talk about your next one? Yeah. Or, y- or so your first one. I will lead into it by talking a little about the criminology itself, rather than my cases. I will talk about them in a sec. But uh, criminology itself is the study. It's pretty self-explanatory, but it's the study of crimes, the causes of them, and the law uh, kind of surrounding it, and also the prevention methods with crime. Um, and it came from a guy called Caesar Lombroso, who desi- decided to kind of come up with this idea in 1870. I also want to say from my studies in college, um, Lombroso is actually considered the, the father of modern criminology through all of his stuff. Yeah, he's the guy that kind of created it. Through all of his research, he's considered the father of modern criminology. Okay, cool. That is very interesting. Because mm, he came up with a hell of a lot of stuff. I didn't even know about this person. Oh, yeah, so no, this is, this is quite an old subject then because it was made in 1870. Um, but... I was having a little look as well. Uh, if you are potentially interested in becoming a criminologist, just how long it would take you to study this kind of thing at uh, university level. So to get a bachelor's degree, you need four years, which is quite a long time. Usually a bachelor's degree is like three years. You wouldn't need another two to get a master's. And I know some courses that takes four years to get a bachelor's and a master's. And you need another six to get a PhD. But yeah, so obviously to get a PhD is, is a very prestigious thing. It's quite... Uh, very hard to do. Very few people have done it in rea- like in like in comparison to the general population, um, and so it takes a long time. But the wages you would get as a criminologist start off quite healthy. So in the U.S., the average is forty thousand to fifty-six thousand dollars annually, which it sounds like a lot. But in criminology, it seems like it's quite hard. I don't know a lot about it, but it, just from my research, it seems like it's quite hard to push your salary above the average. So in some subjects, it starts off low, but it, it's possible if you're really good at what you do to get an insane sum of money annually if you're you know really good and you're pushing and you're smart. But it doesn't seem like it's easy to do that in criminology. That sounds, yeah, but that sounds like it's enough to live off. Oh, definitely. It's, it's a healthy wage. It's definitely enough to live off and something i would suggest about why it is kind of hard to get like you know higher wages and stuff i think it's like i was talking to you last night jack where in criminology like some of the stuff they have to part with is like so mental and so extreme and where there's a hell of a lot of it and you need to get it spot on every time it's like it can be quite difficult quite especially getting it spot on and like the right suspect the right clues everything every time yeah it's going to be quite hard i imagine to get everything down to the nail mm-hmm. like it, it takes years of experience to get everything down yeah and getting everything done like down to the nail is what it takes to get these exceptional wages and be considered uh, like an exceptional person yeah. in your subject yeah because like as well with criminology the jobs in criminology it's like the thing you gotta remember is that where they're all about literally stopping criminals from doing anything again it, it's not like your local job down at like tesco's where you walk around stack a few shells oh congratulations you're the next thing up you know yeah it's like, hard you need to get the right clues every time you need to catch the right people you need to do the right things and you need all the studying beforehand as well and you need all the studying beforehand as well because otherwise like really in like all the police and stuff as well one wrong mistake and you're potentially letting a really murderous psychopath go free come a little bit closer to your mic when you talk okay you could say there's a lot more resting on your shoulders. Yeah, there is. There's a hell of a lot more resting on your shoulders than in any other job, really. It's quite a big thing to be messing with the law, isn't it? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's big to be messing with the law. So you, you need people that are going to get it like spot on. You've got to be good at what you do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So shall I talk about the first thing I researched? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Let's hear what you came up with. So my, my two subjects were drugs and poverty. Uh, I'm going to talk about poverty now. No, drugs now, sorry. And I'll talk about poverty in a minute. Um, but drugs, the reason in the UK, at least, a lot of my research is based off the UK. Most of it, it leads to stealing. It leads to theft by heroin and crack cocaine users who are needing to pay for their drugs. And the amount of these users are, is absurd. In the UK alone, there are 200,000 of them in treatment, in treatment that we know about annually, every year, 200,000. That's crazy. That's such a big number. That's and Big so statistics for the UK. Very big. Yeah, considering our population's only, what, like 67 million or something like that? That's crazy. Uh, but yeah, so 
the reason that they need so much money is because it's an expensive habit, you know? It's an expensive hobby, if that's what you're into. It's fifteen to 30,000 a year, they, they reckon, in, in pounds, Great British pounds, to fund those habits. And so these people are going to be stealing that much money. But the thing is, is they're going to be stealing objects and reselling them. And things, when they're resold, usually only go for about a third of their market value. So they, these guys are stealing anywhere between kind of 45 and 90,000 pounds of equipment each every year just to fund these habits so that's that's absurd jesus that is that's a lot just imagine what you could do with ninety thousand pounds i know yeah so <laughs> a lot of drugs it seems but i'd go on holiday if i had ninety thousand pounds i don't know about you guys yeah i'd probably spend it on some absolutely ridiculous thing i'll be really boring i would slap it in the savings account and just work off it Oh yeah, I'd slap most of it in the savings, but I'd go on a fat holiday first. <laughs> I would definitely take a break. I'd definitely treat my parents. Oh, for sure. Nah, screw them. <laughs> um, I'd probably slap most of it in my savings, but then I'd take probably like a good chunk of it out and I'd just, I'd probably go on a little spending spree, I can't lie. like Just piss it up the wall? <laughs> yeah, literally. I would just go outside, throw some money around. There you are, your peasants have that. Well, you're such a kind person, right? <laughs> Such oh, a kind <laughs> well, technically, if I throw him out and go have that peasants, they are gonna respect me. I don't. I'm not I sure they respect, respect you. Yeah. I think you'll get mugged. Now back to it. I'm gonna carry on. <laughs> so, they think they've done the, the calculations, and they think that about two to two and a half billion pounds worth of things are stolen just for drug use alone every year. Two and a half billion. That's absurd. Yeah, that is. That is a bit mad, to and be fair. Yeah, and 50% of all theft is in some way related with drug use. So that's that's a really massive proportion of theft. The other reason, the other main reason that drug users kind of get into crime is when they clash, like if drug clans or uh, drug people clash with each other, say they haven't given each other what they want or whatever, they might attack each other and get into violence that way. Like gang wars and stuff. Yeah, pretty much. And as well... Can I say something purely about the last thing about... Yeah, sure. I was just going to say as well, because where drugs are, like, to most people, they are very addictive and stuff about stealing all the money to pay for them. It's like, in their mind, they think, I need this fix, I need this fix straight away. So they see, like, a little thing that they can steal and sell. They're like, oh, I can use this for the drugs because they get so addicted. Yeah, so it might it. not just be a... Con- it might not be, like, a conscious decision. It's almost like a subconscious drive, I suppose. Mm-hmm. A common comparison between drugs and, and uh, other things is uh, chocolate. Like, sweets and... Uh, cigarettes? Cigarettes. Those are those can all form addictions, and uh, you having that, and it's, it gives you a boost. That's what... That's tend to what drugs do. Can I actually share a fact before you move yeah, on? Yeah, you don't have to put your hand it, up to it, speak, right? <laughs> yes, I, I have to be professional. So, okay. <laughs> uh, something about this I actually found. Back in the day, they used to actually sell, like, candy cigarettes to kids and stuff. No, they still do that. When I, when I was a kid, I saw them in the shop, and I asked my dad what they were. They still did it until very recently. I was only born in 2004. I remember that. Mad. I've, I've never seen anything like that. To be fair. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're like uh, yeah. they're like little sticks of sugar. They're shaped like a cigarette, so kids can pretend that they're smoking. Oh, yeah. I, I've seen those. Yeah. I've had some. Yeah, of I've tried them. You have. They taste quite nice. To be fair, they're like tropical flavor. The ones I have. <laughs> so they're ba- they're basically pure sugar, though. Yeah, they are. That's exactly what they are. Druggies, both of you. And it's that kind of thing, though, that people do get addicted to, even if it doesn't lead onto the cigarettes, it's because it releases. I think it's like dopamine or something like that in your brain, and then your brain's like, oh, I need more. And so you just get into a cycle of needing more and more. Talking of things as well that can help with addiction, I also saw as well there's been loads of like candies and stuff that have been banned due to looking like drug products. Yeah, I'm not surprised. I I swear there was one candy, I can't remember what it was exactly, but I saw and it was something like a needle that you suck through. That's messed up. You'd like suck through a needle or something. That's messed up. And it was really, really weird. Odd marketing? Very odd marketing, yes. Yeah. Very odd marketing, mm. but I just thought like maybe that could have a hand in it with the addiction as well. Like they might have tried it at a young age and been like, "Ooh." Okay, so I'm going to move on now to another area of drugs. Some of you might not consider this a drug, but it's technically considered a drug. Uh, it's alcohol. So drunkenness is a really, really big leader in in crime uh, and in violent crime, particularly because it can make people aggressive. It can make people overconfident and that kind of stuff. And it's it's kind of predicted that drunkenness is associated with many murders, manslaughters, and stabbings. 
and also 50% of all domestic assaults. Oh, I was actually just going to ask that could link into domestics as well. Yeah. But. It's crazy how much it leads to just alcohol alone. And, you know, you can walk down the end of your road and as long as you're 18 and you have proof of it, you can buy as much as you want. And you can go home and drink as much of it as you want. There's no one stopping you from doing this. And it's not only is it terrible for you as a health thing, it's also terrible for your mind. It's really not good for oh, these people. Alcohol destroys your mind so As fast. well as it destroys your liver. It destroys your liver, yeah. destroys your mind. And people can get addicted to it. Mm. You know, you get alcoholics. It's not good. Not healthy at all. Yeah. Having like a drink every now and then is like, that's acceptable. But like when you're down in like 15 bottles every day, it's like, that's really bad. Very, very bad. Wouldn't even be able to see, see straight. No, you literally wouldn't be able to see straight, no. Okay, so shall I move on to my case study? Yeah, mm-hmm. go on then. Yeah. So I have, a, I have a drug-related uh, case study. I got my information from a website called 100families.org, and it's about a guy who's called Leon Hutchinson. I don't know if you've talked about him in your subject, Riley. I don't think we have, no. Okay, good. So what happened was in May 2005, in Huddersfield, which is a place in the UK, he was a guy who had schizophrenia and he was very paranoid and he was a long-term drug user. So he was kind of messed up, to be honest. He was not good mentally and he also had these external addictions with the drugs. So he was not nice. And he had a long history of using and carrying knives. He hadn't killed anyone up until this point, but he had been known to carry knives very often. And he was often unprovoked and violent. Yeah, he would just kind of be off the bat, very kind of, I've forgotten the word. Aggressive? Oh, impulsive impulsive so he repeatedly stabbed his flatmates who was called damiola wilson uh he stabbed him many times in the face and neck and he died just purely through the amount of wounds leading to blood loss he stabbed him with a four inch knife and this damiola wilson person he was a pretty nice guy he was a christian he was an architecture student and he had a young son so this guy had his, his future lined up. You know, he was he was a nice guy. So Wilson himself suffered hand injuries. So when he was trying to, you know, defend himself, he might have tried to grab the blade, and he, but he'd suffered terrible injuries to his hands. And they, they had uh, kind of worked out from the forensic evidence and the, the bodies that they had. The bodies, there was only one guy, the body. That it was a determined attack. It was most likely premeditated, so probably murder. And they accused him of this. But he said that he had he was self-defense, but you know it was unpro- unprovoked. Clearly, he had no marks on him or anything like that. And this guy, the guy he stabbed, had clearly been trying to defend himself. So he was maintained indefinitely at a high security hospital. And this is where this case kind of gets interesting. So three years later, there was a homicide inquiry from a guy who wasn't named, and in his report, his inquiry. He didn't use any names or initials to like talk about the people. He only talked about Leon as the mental health service user. So that's the guy who stabbed him. And Wilson as the victim. He did not use names or initials or anything. And in his report, he also never named any places or any events particularly. And he also never had any named mental health professionals referenced in his report. So... The findings, they didn't really lead to anything. It was just kind of random out of the blue and no one really knew where it came from. But they were claiming that he was not, uh, it was not appropriate to arrest uh, Hutchinson because they claimed that he was a bit mental and that he didn't know what he was doing. But it turned out that he was not ill at the time of the offence. And despite his kind of long drug and schizophrenia and paranoia history, that he was responsible for it. So that's that's my case. The combination of drugs and schizophrenia drugs and mental health that. Mm-hmm. say that ugly that's yeah. all i have to say about that it didn't lead on to anything he was he kept being detained and i it really interestingly on the website i don't know how true this is but on the website at the bottom there was like a comment area and there was one comment in there and there was one guy that claimed he had known hutchinson when he before he was a, a murderer and he said that all along, everyone knew that he was kind of like a cold, calculated kind of guy. And they all knew that eventually he'd end up doing something like this. I obviously, I don't know the truth behind that, but it's just interesting to see. It's just annoying, though, if comments like that, because if it's true, then that's kind of like even more solidifying evidence. But, you know, the comment sections in most places are full of guys. The, co- like, the comments on the most accurate source of information. No. It was the definitely. only comment on there. 
So, I mean, you can go and have a look yourself. Like I said, it was it was on the website I said at the start. So you can go and try and work out for yourself if you're interested. Man, that was ugly. Yeah. That is an ugly case. It's not particularly nice, I must say. No. So, Rudy, would you like to talk about your other reason for crime? I must say, I'll be coming back to me now. Give me a second to pull up my note, which is buried okay. in my... I'll go for mine first whilst you're trying to find it. So my, my other reason was poverty. Most of you know what that is, but I kind of found the definition just in case you weren't 100% sure. And it just means people who are extremely poor and probably don't have basic necessities, basic needs. And obviously that's not good for them. It's really not good for them. And an interesting study, they looked at London and three quarters of violent crimes in London came from the top 10 poorest boroughs there. So there's quite a clear link there between poverty and violent crime. And what they kind of deduce is that people take and steal or kill in order to be able to live a nicer life. They might try and kill someone to take their stuff or they might just take stuff to sell it and just try and fund a normal life. They might be trying to provide for a family. They might even just be trying to eat and they don't want to eat a rodent or something. You know, they're going to want some proper food. Cooked wrap sprinkled with pigeon. Sounds nice. Like a nice meal though. It's, it's a, a local fry up. Lovely delicacy, isn't it? Lovely deli meal. But Cooked on these, a drink these people, you could even argue that it's almost like survival. It is. That's survival exactly instincts. what it is. It's just... Obviously, violent crime is horrible, but also the lives that these people live are, you know, not very nice either. Living on the streets, uh, I assume most of them are. Uh, this, this study was people with homes, but ah, they, they lived in homes. the poorest borough, so they didn't have very nice homes. They were probably in council mm. homes. They probably didn't have many jobs. They probably weren't very employable or well-educated. So, so I, was thinking, about, I was thinking about like, homeless people. Yeah, I don't really have much on that, unfortunately. I d- couldn't find much. I was interested in that, but I was struggling to find anything on them, so I moved into this kind of area so, instead. So the statistics you have are on people that are in homes. But they're but very poor. Very poor. So there's also, I don't know, no one really knows how accurate this is, but there's also a suggestion that violent crime leads to an area having like a worse reputation and therefore people being less likely to employ them, less likely to help them out, that kind of stuff. So... It potentially leads to even more poverty, which in turn leads to more crime. And it just, it's like a violent cycle. It's a rabbit hole. Yeah, pretty much. It's because people, for example, like like you said, they're not very employable and stuff. That's because people stereotypically take one look at that area and assume, oh, everyone like there is like that. Yeah. yeah. But like w- that. W- would you hire someone who's uh, robbed a place or assaulted someone? No. No. I'll say that now. I won't. No way. And because you are not sure on the circumstances of it, it could have been they just assaulted them. Would you want that person walk, walking around your area? Yeah, your absolutely work? not. No. Yeah, it, the good guy in me really wants to say I'd give him a go, but the logical side but of me what is if like... That if you're a business owner like, yeah. and you're employing for your business, which oh. is your survival, your independence... Get out. Exactly. Get out. I would say, what stops them from you going, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll give them a go. They come in and they leave with everything. That's exactly the thing. Yeah, let's say you're you're putting up like a position for people to come in and apply for and you get two people come and apply. They have the exact same uh, kind of uh, records, the exact same like uh, education stuff. You know, they're both well-educated, got good grades. But one's from an area which is known for producing nice people and hard workers and one that's come from an area with poor families and it's a violent area, and even though they don't have criminal records yet, you might assume that they might turn to this if lots of people in from their area has. Mm. So for me personally, if, even if I had people with the same records, but just from different places, I would choose the person with a nicer coming from a nicer place if I felt like they were the better employee. That is, of course, ignoring, I'll assume, all the other factors. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Assuming they're like identical, and the only difference is this, I would choose a person from the nicer place. Yeah, again, for me personally, it's a bit of a tough one, because like I said, I would love to give like so for example like you said both the same thing like one's good for like hard workers and whatever the other's known for producing violent things but they've got no criminal record or anything i would love i would love to kind of help the one with obviously like the poor family they would probably need it a bit more than the nicer one yeah but then in my head i'd also be thinking but then what if this is kind of like the thing that causes him to become violent or whatever Especially if it's your business. If you're employing for like a big, like giant company or whatever, you might think differently about it. It's kind of like, ah, so what? It's not my responsibility. But then if it's your company, privately owned, you're like, I need an employee to help me out. I'm getting busy in my shop. Then you're going to want to employ like the best person you physically can to help you out, I think. 
I would say it's a security thing as well. So how how secure do you feel employing this person? And because a person may have, uh, like you said, a flawless record, but the area might not be that good. But one thing that I thought about while we were speaking about this just now is uh, I thought back to a uh, program which I watched. I can't remember the name of the program, but it was a it was a nice, hard-working person who had applied for a job and got it. But because of something that happened with their family, they were pushed into having to do something to make money. So if that was steal from their work to sell it just for that extra bit of cash to help out their family. So mm. that also is a factor that could happen. Maybe not. Maybe employers might not think that deeply into it, but... No, uh, and mate. the thing is, is it's still a criminal record. I mean, if you don't want to employ a criminal, it doesn't matter what they've done. You know, they still have a mm. criminal record. It's a quite a difficult kind of thing to work out, I imagine, if you're an employer. Well, I think things are getting a little bit too heavy here, so we should move on to this week's segment. A game review. I don't have any witty ways to name this one. I'm not that smart. Game review. We're nerds. We are nerds, that's correct. And who would like to say what we're going to be talking about this week? I'll say it. Think that then say it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Today we're going to be reviewing Remnant from the Ashes. Indeed we are. What is Remnant from the Ashes, Jack? Okay, Remnant from the Ashes is an action role-playing third-person shooter developed by Gunfire Games and published by Perfect World Entertainment. Wow. This it was is released. so scripted. I'm just reading off Google. <laughs> it was released for Microsoft, Windows, PlayStation 4, and Xbox One on August 20th, 2019. And for PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X and Series S on May 13th, 2021. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so let's let's talk about... We, we've all played this game quite a bit. I'm going to say, we've all enjoyed it on the PlayStation. Yeah, we've all finished it, and me and Jack have played the expansions. As we, we played it the probably a little one. bit too much. But yeah, we... we <laughs> We probably played it a bit too much, um, i.e. the day where my back went out and I couldn't exercise. So me and Jack just decided, you know what, remnant all morning, basically, and that's all we did the whole morning. It was amazing. It was it was a very good morning. So let's though, talk about fair. what it kind of is. So it's kind of like a Dark Souls-y type game. So Dark Souls is a notoriously difficult game. And it's also like a dungeon crawler, so you're doing like the dungeons and you're killing lots of things and you're levelling up your gear and finding new stuff, completing missions, completing quests. If I remember, there with the remnant the difficulty settings there is no easy difficulty settings there's only normal yeah there's not there's, there's no easy normal hard and nightmare apocalyptic nightmare oh, yeah, nightmare. nightmare apocalypse yeah. yeah nightmare and apocalypse yeah it's it's quite complex the game it, the way it works is really interesting as well it's got like all the randomly generated so every time you make a new world you will have uh one of like say three maps for like the planet or the area you're in and then it would randomly generate different dungeons and different things at different places. Different boss fights. Along the story, there are certain boss fights, and they you could either have th- one boss or another boss. Yeah, and each one will give you like different items to make different stuff. So there's like some RNG to it. Yeah. Lo- and as well, it. those bosses are they can be very difficult. Oh, so difficult. We what was the hours. longest time we spent on a boss? Uh, we did one for three days. We did one evening, and then we had a full day. Oh, like a full evening doing it. And then we had the start of the next evening. That's how long it took us to do one. It was the oh. ones with the two flying things on the bridge. Yeah. I was going to say, how long did it take us to beat the one you notoriously hate in the sewer? Oh, shroud. Shroud. Oh, that thing. Oh, I hate that thing. Uh, it took like, I think it took one, like the end of one evening and almost all of the next evening. Yeah, we, we attempted it again uh, when we were higher level and we just we just couldn't do it. And because the bosses actually scale with your level. Yeah. That's something I think that's really good with the game because it's not just one of those things where the levels are set. So you go in there originally, struggle, go back in there with like the best guns and armor and just like, bang, ha, 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 you're dead now. It's it's one of those things where they level up with you. So you think, oh, you thought this was going to be easy. <laughs> you, you poor pathetic sod. And they just murder you about 50 times. Yeah, I'm honestly amazed. And you get chronic depression. <laughs> it's is quite bad sometimes it does wind me up when, when i get stuck on something for too long but um i'm amazed that the game is not more popular than it is just purely because of how cleverly it's made like the fact that you have the adventure mode which you keep re-rolling to get the different jun- like dungeons and you have to keep crawling through different dungeons to get the different bosses if you want to unlock certain stuff and like the way it's all randomly generated 
random enemies and maps. It's so like clever. And it's amazing it hasn't got more popularity. And There's also the storyline for Remnant is in my opinion really good. That's we're not, not we're, we're not we're not gonna talk much about it. We can you give can, a brief, you can like yeah. brief description. Yeah. Do you want me to do it or um well, well, you just volunteered yourself. So. Yeah, go on then. Okay, so it's kind of like a post-apocalyptic world, and there's like this kind of alien, root. I guess, race called root the Root. Called. Yeah, the Root. Uh, and they come and they decide they're going to take over your planet, and you're part of this ward that's fighting against them. There's some other wards. You don't really get to see them. Um, but the long story short is you have to kill off the Root and find your way back to like this tower thing where you can end, like close a portal or something. And kill the end boss and stuff like that. It's, it's quite clever. And then there's the DLCs as well, which adds more to the story. If you would like to play it, just search it up. It's, it's probably on the game store. Actually, uh, no, it's not no, free. It was free one month. It is yeah. very cheap, though. Oh, yeah. It is very cheap, actually. So, yeah, we, um, me and Riley played the two DLCs. There's one that's called Swamps of Corsus, which just adds extra content to one of the maps, one of the areas, which is called Corsus. And there's another one which is called Subject 2923. And that's where you actually uh, like finish the story of the game off. And it can, it's a continuation of the story and it adds some new stuff to it. So it's really fun. It's a really good game. Yeah. The, the DLC, especially the Subject 29, whatever it was. 2923. Yeah, 2923. That one I really enjoyed. I thought it was really good. Yeah. Because that was the one where basically the storyline of that one is we have to go to another like ward, don't we? Yeah, there was another yeah. ward, we like an ice go- world. And we had to go to another ward, ice world. And there was new and uh, then, enemy race and yeah. stuff. And at the cool. end, we work with this girl, don't we? And she opened the portal for us, and we had to fight like the big bad. Like It was like the root yeah, boss. Like the guy who was the root, and we got this plasma rifle thing, which was... It's pretty cool. I think it's called like a cool. pulse cannon, is it? Or something no, like that? I think it was just pulse. I pulse can't rifle, what it was. I think? I think it was pulse rifle. Yeah, yeah. it was really good. Yeah, but... It's really good. The storyline, I kind of like the thing about the storyline is that it's such a basic storyline and it's so easy to kind of forget about the storyline that because you, you just enjoy going to all these places, killing all of these things. But it's one of those games where it, you genuinely feel like rewarded when you've done something. It's not one of those games where you go and you're like, oh, yeah, I, I did this. Oh, cool reward now. It's like when you've done it, you're like, thank the goddamn Lord we finally gotten off this stupid <laughs> boss fight. You feel, you feel so like proud of yourself. Yeah, we uh, actually- I feel like that's mainly because how they've done, how they do their checkpoints. Like, sometimes you'll go from checkpoint to checkpoint. And uh, then other times uh, you would be uh, a checkpoint and then you'll go through an entire like different world without a checkpoint. And if you die, you go back to the last checkpoint. Yeah, and then everything respawns and you have to do it all again. <laughs> and as well, the cool thing I like is, unlike Dark Souls and that, where you're using like swords and all this other melee weaponry. It's like kind of medieval <coughs> almost. Yeah. Although in, um, you could go melee over this. Yeah, you can go Which melee over And as well, the amount of gear and weapons in the game, they're all really well designed and they all feel really good in their own unique way. Yeah, and that's why it's cool. It's like modern stuff. Like you were saying, you have like a beam rifle which shoots like a laser kind of. You have uh, like all sorts of futuristic rifles and pistols and all sorts of crazy stuff. And like of course, a it has all different status effects. Yeah, every single effect is different. Like as well, that's the same with the armors as well. So much armor and they, everything. They, they all have the side boosts. Mm. One does this, one does that. Yeah, so like the different effects is like radiation, which I believe cuts your stamina in half, and then there's uh, bleeding, which just whittles away your HP, and I think it slows your healing amount by half. I think there's something called root rot. Root rot, yeah, that makes you cough. That's a pain in the ass. That's one, yeah. It's so annoying because you're like you're just trying to fight something, and then your character just has to take like a five second gap to just cough his lungs up for a minute. Really oh, annoying. That was so annoying when we were fighting Shroud. Yeah, that's what made it so difficult, was that thing. I actually remember when we were first playing it and we were really struggling on Shroud. The minute we beat Shroud, I was just like, Yeah! We, we were all so happy. <laughs> we were all so happy. We actually, I, I genuinely wanted to pop a cold one. I was so happy. It's so good. So, is there anything anyone else wants to add about Remnant? I'm, I'm not just sure. saying, if you haven't played it, I think it's like 20 quid. You need to buy it. It's, oh, it's so worth it. It's so worth it. It's really And as really well, the, the DLCs as well, I find, again, you genuinely feel rewarded for what you do. Like, I find, with most of the boss, I don't know about you two, but personally for me, whenever we did something, like the, the three-night boss fight, when I did that, we I was like, 
oh my god, we finally gotten through this. It was like disbelief almost that we were actually able to do it. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's so exciting because you just see the health bar go down, especially when it takes you three nights. You see the health bar go down, and then the minute it disappears, you're just like. It's so good. Then stage two. Yep, and then (laughs) stage freaking two. Yeah, see, I I liked how challenging it was. So I really enjoyed the fact that it was a very challenging game because it wasn't like a lot of the games you play. You kind of just walk in, you get a good gun, and then it's like, and you kill everything instantly. It's much harder than that. I also remember when we were doing the boss fight on the bridge with the two bug things, the one that kill you instantly. We were shooting the other one, we thought, oh, this wasn't too hard. And then the other one came out, and we were like, ah, shit. Yeah, there was like a cocoon on the wall, and we were like, has it got something in? And then there was another boss inside. I was like, mm, okay. And we were like, ah, this is going to take us. I, I think that's when we realised this is going to take with, us a while. With the yeah. boss fights, whenever you replay them or you lose and you have to play it again, you you go into there with almost more knowledge about your environment in the boss fight. And it's something that I find very interesting and that I like about it. Like, you know, the stereotypical boss staging up throughout the fight the lower the hp gets the harder the boss gets and you learn like the patterns of the attacks yeah. and stuff so you can preemptively avoid them it's it's a good game yeah that's all to say about it so if you have yeah, i'm going to give you all a moment now to give a brief review and like a rating out of 10 ready riley um brief review what is there to say brilliant world brilliant graphics great gunplay you feel rewarded every time you get something done i'll I have to give it like probably a nine out of ten to be perfectly honest rudy i would say i'll have to give it an, a nine out of ten only because i would give it a ten out of ten but my sanity lost that one when i was playing it so review brief good go good game that's not a review that's an opinion i thought i've given it good game difficult if you like challenges, it's up your street. If you don't like challenges, you'll still like it. That, yeah, that's what I've got to say about it. Okay, I'd probably give it a 9 out of 10 as well, just purely because, again, because sometimes it drags on and you do lose a bit of sanity. But I think it's a really cleverly designed. I love the randomization. I love the randomness. I love the diversity of the weapons and the armor and the different effects and uh, how much you have to adapt and overcome. I'd say it's an incredible game. So I think that kind of closes up the game segment. Everyone's happy with that? Indeed, mm. indeed. Okay, so shall we move on to oh, the last? Oh, hang on. on, I just looked up some ratings from them to see what other people think of okay. it. Okay, IGN gave it an eight out of ten. That's pretty good. Um, Metro Metacritic gave it seventy-seven percent. That's not so good. And PC Gamer gave it seventy-seven as well. Uh, okay. And out of six hundred and fifty-five ratings, the average is four point one. Okay, so like uh, the average is like eight. Out of ten, basically. I think they're all stupid. To be perfectly honest, oh, I think it's a d- decent. So was it four point one out of five? Sorry, four point one out of five. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So it's like it's like eight out of ten, basically yeah. average, which is pretty yeah, good to yeah. be honest. Pretty good. Uh, yeah. uh, of course, like all games, it's not perfect. There are a few bugs. Quite literally, there are bugs. They're well annoying. <laughs> yeah, I'll say uh, one problem if I had to pick something was the lock-on mechanic, and because I'll be running along with the these two idiots and. Uh, one the one the heavy brutes uh, would run past them. I will be two years back because I'm looting, and they would just lock and on it will go you. for me. It was very hilarious. So me and Riley would just be fighting, and it would be like this big guy. We'd be like, oh no, we're gonna struggle. And then next thing we know, it's just we just sit sprinting off into the distance. And about a minute later, you just hear Rudy screaming. It's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Me and Jack are just like, okay, then see you later. Then we just hear Rudy going. <laughs> 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 it's so I, I wouldn't say it's a bug, but I'll say it's a, it's quite annoying. It's because I think it just uses like a random lock on target. I think it's quite good in a way. It is quite good because, and as well, like that game gets so chaotic so quickly. Oh, it, like, it can. That's why whenever you see a checkpoint, you're just like, oh, let me caress that crystal with extreme accuracy. The, the crystals are checkpoints. It's so good. Yeah. It's such a satisfying feeling. Cause it's it's like, just so oh, satisfying. Yeah. Like I said, it's one of those <laughs> games where you feel rewarded after what you've done. And like most Dark Souls games, whenever you see a checkpoint, you are just like... It's, it's like, like a, a holy checkpoint. Dark, dark Soul light. Yeah, Dark Soul light, yeah. yeah. It's just it's just like a beam of light is just shone onto this perfect area and you know you must go to it. Mm. Okay, brilliant. so 
Shall we move back onto the subject of criminology? Yeah, let's move back onto the subject of criminology. So, would you Crime. like to go next, Rudy? Go first, uh, sorry. I could. All right. I've already said my first one, which was about family conditions. The second one is uh, deprivation. Yes. How that can cause crime. And uh, deprivation is uh, be. Well, what would you think? It's being deprived of something, or you feeling like you've been deprived. So, like inequality in the workplace. So, if someone's getting be- something better than you, it, that doesn't feel right. Um, deprivation crimes that have been done is like robbery, assault, sometimes homicide, at extreme cases. So would uh, kind of the theft come from perhaps someone feeling like they're deprived of the kind of living standards and then they still to try and make money? Does it kind yeah. of go back to that kind of thing? Yeah. That could also be linked in with your um, poverty Yeah. one. Okay, cool. Sorry, carry on. Sorry for interrupting Sorry. you. And I've actually got a comparison. Does anyone know the play Blood Brothers? Yes, studied it in English. In English literature, the play Blood Brothers uh, could be seen to have uh, a similar theme to deprivation, such as the character Mickey, who uh, loving work, honest working person, had to turn to crime, which of course he was punished for, just to be able to feed his family. That's because he lost his job because he just got replaced, and that is ha- a good example, in my opinion, of uh, how deprivation can influence someone into causing or committing a crime. I hate English literature. We all do, Jack. We it's the do. worst. Don't worry. We all do. English literature can just uh, find the nearest toilet and stick its head in it and just not, not come back up, in my opinion. It's terrible. Makes me want to cry. And me. I, I just never saw the point in that. I don't know about you guys. It's just like, okay, so I'm going to learn about Shakespeare, who's dead, and how what he thought of I mean, and not being rude, but rude. at the end of the day, how is all that crap? going to help you in real life yeah like, and how's knowing about a poem about love like like when are you ever going to get like go when to you a job write interview? one like when you're going to go to job a job interview and be like oh art why art thou should be given the job like it's not useful let's Most be honest pointless thou shall not have thy job goodbye good sir <laughs> <laughs> thou so shall not have the job if you're done with, piss off. <laughs> if you're not done, if you're done with that, sorry, Rudy. Yes, I am. Are you ready to start, Riley, on your second reason? Yeah. So my second reason is society. I feel like society is quite a broad one, as it kind of links into what you were talking about earlier, Jack, with your poverty. Yep. And it links into what you said earlier, Rudy, just now with your deprivation. But what that basically means is people driven to crime due to the society around them, really people they hang about with their their personal life their society is just everything yeah could, that, could you also say like social norms yeah social norms and what about values. peer pressure peer pressure definitely there was actually when i was looking for the reasons that was actually one of the other ones as well peer pressure yeah i feel like people get bullied into theft or stuff like that when you're in yeah. bad friend groups and uh, like especially kids. when you're younger as well someone's like oh still this or you're a scaredy cat and you just get they're like, oh you're go m- on do it you, do it when you're younger you're much more easily manipulated yeah definitely not e- not everyone's like that but some people are okay so is everyone finished um before i do i actually i, th- I have some theory that i learned go for about it. crime that fit into society more cool let's hear them so uh, in the bracket of society the two main well one of the main theories i learned is left and right realism do you know what these these two are no left no. and right realism are basically their theories about more like the punishments of crime in society it's like how they should be punished so one side believes that criminals need to be punished more harshly there should be longer sentences they should be tickled for a longer time i don't know what they want but they want criminals longer in prison basically so are these people more likely to also believe in death penalty and stuff yeah like that? they I'm want like say... the death penalty and stuff like that and right realism or whatever side it is i can't remember the exacts but one side and the other side wants they think criminals should be all about rehabilitation and getting them back on their feet, getting them Being the job. Nice. Yeah, getting the job at the local Toys R Us, you know. Like, they that's what they believe. And yeah. left and right realism usually clash with each other. I can imagine, yeah. Yeah, because one's like, oh, we should hang him from the neck. And the other one's like, no, we should give him a job in a freaking Tesco's. 
I don't really yeah, know. Yeah, I read an interesting article. I think it was actually when I was doing the research for this. It was about, um, I believe it was Sweden and how they deal with their criminals. They, like, they're really nice to them. Uh, and it was like a, I, I can't remember, was it you saying about it, Rudy? It was like a statistic where it was, um, if people are criminals and then they're released from prison, they're more likely to be a criminal again. Or was it something I was reading on my own? I think it might be reading on your own. Yeah. So anyway, if the basically the thing is, is if you've been in prison and you get released, you're more likely to commit another crime than someone who's never been in prison. That's something we learned about in criminology. That people that re-offend usually have been offenders before. Yeah, and so the thing is, in Sweden, is they deal with their criminals in a very different way than most places. They're much kinder to them. They give them nicer prisons. They have much uh, closer relationships with very well-trained staff. Uh, They've got nice quarters. They've got quite a luxury lifestyle, even though they're in prison. And so the the kind of philosophy of it is, is that they're more prepared and more ready to go back to normal life. And so that actually helps with their re-offending rate. I don't know the proper word for it, but it's just something random I read about earlier. I think as well, a big debate we kind of looked at in criminology as well, with prisons especially, like, do you think personally that prisons work? Yes or no? Depends. Depends. I, I feel like prisons, the main reason for prisons is to take a dangerous um, person out of society so that they can't cause more pain. Mm-hmm. So, yes, but sentencing, depending on what it is, could use work, could not. Yeah, I feel like the biggest issues lie in the judicial system, like you were talking about earlier, Riley, uh, rather than the prisons themselves. I feel like a lot of prisons are necessary because a lot of people are dangerous at the end of the day. They're not they're not safe to have running around the streets. Nah. I mean, again, that girl we looked at, Woodward, whatever her name was, stabbed her boyfriend, but because she was like smart, she was given no punishment at all yeah like what what is that that still baffles me yeah exactly like, just just know. quickly recapping the sign that jack was talking about about how um was it sweden? sweden i think it was sweden yeah sweden's prisons but you can also think of that as like the stick and the carrot you know you know that yeah yeah do you give them do you reward them for doing something good or do you beat them for doing something bad it's like, it's like that. Like, <laughs> They're just nomming on a carrot as they're being beaten with a stick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just like funny, like, what's up, guy? <laughs> <laughs> the guy? The guy that was trying to shoot him just comes along with like a Elmer, cane. yeah. <laughs> Big Elmer just comes along with a stick and he's just like, oh, I punched my mic stand. Oh, no. <laughs> hello, hello, I'm back. Yeah, he just ignore the boom once he punched his mic. It's fine. Okay, so yeah, carry on. Sorry. Another thing as well, like with society and that, another way it can force crime is the norms always changing in society. Of course, yeah, yeah. Everything is always changing the norms in society. Like, you, you let's be honest, you walk outside, it offends someone. Like, I, I've talked to um, uh, my grandparents and my dad about this kind of stuff a lot because they're kind of 50 upwards. And it's really interesting to hear the, the differences that they've experienced just in their lifetimes alone. And just how much things have changed, even in the period of a few decades, it's really interesting. Uh, some of the examples that they've said, I would not be right to say on a podcast nowadays, because <laughs> it's just so wrong in today's society. Can I also say something as well that personally annoys me of this whole like crime thing, like the whole crime, like just last thing I kind of want to say. Yeah, go for it. Bit of a rant I'm going to go on about as well. I hate the kind of things that happen, the time, the type of cases. When my mum's friend was around yesterday, we were have actually having a nice to- uh, talk about this. Um, and even she said it's really annoying when these people that do really bad things go to prison, come out and are rewarded with like benefits and all this money sometimes. Like I think she said there's one dude she knew or used to live next to who was like he was in prison for doing really bad stuff. He had designer clothes, he had cars, he had everything. So he wasn't exactly bad off. No, he wasn't bad off, but that's only after he got out and was given like all these benefits. Yeah, it's wrong, like, isn't it? What? And then there's people who struggle to go grocery shopping sometimes, or just food shopping. Yeah, people that work like two jobs. Yeah, and it, you get idiots like this who are criminals. You're criminals, yeah, and they're getting all the money. That's something that really annoys me. If you've like stolen a loaf of bread or something, you know, it's not so bad. But if you've committed like quite a bad crime, then. Uh, the problem is, is how do you measure whether a crime's bad or not? It's it's quite, uh, it's another debate I think entirely is measuring what's good and oh, what's bad. Measuring how bad a crime, it's all 
like it all depends on the severity like if it takes someone's life or injures someone in any way then it's more severe than like robbing a lollipop from a shop yeah and i feel like different people it kind of will vary uh, like how from person to person the way that they perceive how severe a crime is it's kind of up to the person i guess up to the person yeah but it, there's definitely kind of like a set thing like i said where it's like like i said robbing a lollipop is way less severe than like stabbing someone well, of course anyone yeah. with stabbing say, your boyfriend and getting nothing for it yeah, any, anyone with uh, any kind of form of consciousness will <laughs> con- consciousness conscience will understand anyone with common sense would know that if everyone is happy to finish this week's episode here is everyone happy? Yeah, I'm happy to end it there. I'm yeah. happy to end it here. So we're going to pay a quick note to what we're going to be covering next episode. Yeah, we're going to be covering um, multicellular organisms. So when uh, things evolve from single cell- cellular, I can't say the word. Cellular. Thank you. Cellular. Organisms and upwards. So evolution, basically. So oh, we're covering evolution. Nice. Wow. I mean, it's not so much evolution. Monkey. More about the start of life. So kind of like the Cambrian explosion. Yeah, monkey. We, we know. Monkey. Homo, homo sapien. Uh, Neanderthal. That's us. We're Neanderthals. We are Neanderthals. But yeah, uh, so that's going to be next episode, which we're going to hopefully get out to you within the next week or two. This has been episode two. Well, technically three, but no, two of our podcast. Second proper episode. Yeah. First overall. Third overall episode. Thank you for listening. You've tolerated us for an extremely long period of time again. I'm Longer very than proud. usual. Yeah, well done if you have tolerated us. And uh, I hope what we covered today was slightly interesting to you. Um, I actually came up with the idea for this one. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. When I was researching, I found it really boring, but I really enjoyed recording it. It is a bit boring to research this stuff when you're actually getting into it, like especially the case files. Like they're the fun part. Yeah, and like the debates are interesting as well. Yeah. Like just talk, like seeing you guys' opinions and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll say everyone's individual opinion is what makes things interesting. Mm-hmm. Of course. Well, we're getting philosophical again. Stop it. Yeah, shut up. Right. Stop it. Right. <laughs> Everyone, shut their mouths. Okay, we need to end this podcast now. Oh. People have gotten bored of us. <laughs> so, again, if there's anything that you'd like to add, contact us at uh, Truly Knowledge Podcast. That's our Insta. Yep. yep. Our Instagram. And we also tr- Gmail as well. Yep. Truly Knowledge Podcast at gmail.com. Again, we hope you found this interesting. Thank you very much for tolerating us three Neanderthals once again. And And goodbye. We will be seeing you very soon. Goodbye.